this week on the Roommates Podcast. I was in complete shock. Complete shock. And I think that I just kind of assumed, all right, like, you're kind of going through it right now. This is how you're feeling. Thank you for being honest with me. Couple days, week, month, we'll we'll get back to normal and we'll we'll figure out our this new dynamic. You know, after hearing how you just don't want to be, you know, whatever. And so the fact that that part never came, I think that that is what kind of took me even longer to kind of go through the process. Like signing the voice papers, easy. Like, but when somebody just kind of ups and leaves out of your life like that, it's it is the same as like a death. In your life, because I mean, what you gonna do? The harder part is that that person is there, so you can actually call them or text them or kind of get in a little bit, you know, here and there, or whatever. But yeah, just the fact that you know a person is kind of ups and leave is super hard. Yeah, super hard, and without really much of an explanation at all, you know. But truly, though, like, and I know this might be just a cliche thing to say, but I mean, do not know where I'm going. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's our Chris to start a show, baby. Yes, 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 and welcome back to another week, another episode of the podcast. Chris, back in Atlanta. Love Atlanta. They treat me well out here, man. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> so, Chris, I, I think we should just go ahead yeah. and, and jump right into it. Yeah, there's no point of waiting. <laughs> I'm like, you want to play around? Nah. Nah. <laughs> I got time to play. Um, play no games. What's say freaky, though? Nah, nah, nah. Oh, no nah, freaky nah. today? Nah, no oh, freaky Oh, dang. Today. It's, it's a very serious day. <laughs> no freaky Chris. Relax. Uh, <laughs> after dark coming after soon. dark coming soon. Premium, <laughs> premium Snapchats. Only fans, Only baby. Only fans, roommates. <laughs> Patreon ain't working. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> we got to pay these bills somehow. I, Stop. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> Stop it right now. All right, while we're ahead, while we're ahead, while we're ahead. All right, so it's really interesting that this is season four of the podcast. Yes, it is. I don't officially call this season four because I think when we eventually get back to where we're going to get back to mm-hmm. and then start where we're going to start, that's going to be season four. I got you. But this is kind of like... Not a filler season, mm-hmm. but it's like the in-between. God dang it, motorcycle man. Yeah, that man is flying. <laughs> Lord. Okay. So it's like a I think it's like an in-between transition from three to four. Mm-hmm. And doing a podcast for four years, I feel like we've learned a lot. A whole lot, man. I feel like we've experienced a lot. Met a lot of people. And we've met a lot of amazing people. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people who are new to the podcast have not watched season one. No. Where it all began. And season one, we were in Houston. Yep. And we were trying to figure it out. <laughs> living it up. Man. Living it up. We were living in the house at that time. Mm-hmm. We were dealing with you know who? Yeah. <laughs> who? <Three, laughs> two mics better than three. Oh my. <laughs> we Lord. were dealing with a lot in, in that period of time. And I would honestly say, the number one episode in season one was with this person who was here today. 100%. Without a doubt. And so we were we were getting guests and we were bringing in people. And Chris was like, man, I got this dope guy. You guys went to high school together? We grew up together? No, we, uh, we grew up together. Yeah. Um, our best friends um, are the same. And he just happened to be his neighbor. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, you guys were you know cool people. Like, yo, let's go ahead and get this guy on the show. Yep. He'll be great. Yep. 
Got him on the show. Absolutely loved him. Yep. Exceptional man. I just, I just, I just. To me, I love young guys who are not only cool. <laughs> shout out, shout out. But like, are going after God. Yeah. And have a amazing balance of still being a human being, mm-hmm. but also passionately trying to grow and help others grow as well. I just, I thought that was so amazing. I, I loved everything about him. Mm-hmm. And. I got a phone call from you a couple of weeks, well, ago. weeks ago, and you told me that he wants to come back on the show. Mm-hmm. But this time, he has a new message that he wants to communicate to the audience. And we talked about it. We're going to talk about it. And I'm like, man, let's make this happen. So, guys, without further ado, yes, I would like to bring onto the podcast the one and the only Mr. Byron. Byron, welcome back to the show. Roommates, it's a pleasure. <laughs> yes, sir. It's good to see you guys again. Thank y'all for having me again. I missed y'all, man. It's uh, been a while, it's man. It's been four years? We, yes. This will be our, this is going on our going four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 2016. 17. 17. We January 7, 2017. Yeah, so Dang. 17, 18, 19, 20. Yep. That's a long time. Yeah, we've yes. been going at it for a long time. Come man. on, man. Y'all killing it. Appreciate it. Yeah. We're trying our best, yeah, man. Yeah. We're trying our best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, well, we miss y'all in Houston, so y'all uh, got to come back. Yeah. I got to talk about it. <laughs> offline, 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 offline. So, Byron, the last time you came on the show, yes. You were you were here and I really enjoyed your honesty, your transparency. And how old were you? It was 3 years ago, so yeah. I was 20 Either 22 or 23. Okay. In that range, yeah. And how old are you now? 25 going on 26. Shout out. Shout, shout out. out. What's your birthday? Shout out June 6. Oh, shout out June 6. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my dad was born in June 6. Your dad? I think so. Wow. Hey, you got to know your dad's birthday, but it's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's okay. That's true. That's I'm not going to talk about it right I now. I almost forgot my mom's birthday again. Uh, my bro. God. It's it been like, like three years ago. in a row. I know. <laughs> I know. Are you serious? Did she get mad? Not this time, because she, she told got, me. She got used to it. Mm. She told mm. me the night before, and I was like, oh, my gosh, she didn't know. What did you yeah. get it? What was the makeup gift? So, you know? Byron, so, <laughs> so you were in. <laughs> it's a shame, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Not a thing. My mom, my mom got mad for Christmas. I, we, like, was trying to get everybody gifts and stuff like that. And every year, my mom is, is pretty much like, I don't want anything. So this one year, we were like, all right. So we, I think we just got, like, some perfume or something like that. So she opens the box, she's super excited about it, and then there's a couple more gifts that for the kids. And she was like, Did you guys give me a, another one? Or did you? And I'm like, You said you didn't <laughs> want anything. What do you mean? This episode's so not we, about women. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We went, yeah. went out to the store, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, made, we made up for it. Gosh. Women, tell me what you want. Just, just, just tell let me what know. you want. Just let me know. Let me know what you God need. Damn. I got you. I see <laughs> what messages you got going on. We'll, we'll take care of it. I'm not a mind reader. I'm very <laughs> practical. Just tell me. I'll do it. Easy going. <laughs> easy. So, um, so last time you were on the show, mm. you were married at that time. Yes. And now, are you separated? What's the... I am officially divorced. Okay. Yeah, Officially divorced yeah. now at this time. And so... Walk us through as much as you would like to share. Yeah, where we left off mm-hmm. in 2016 mm-hmm. to 
17. Why keep on saying 16? I don't know. That's, that's, when, you okay. that's when you moved that's to right. Oh, that's when I moved that's to Houston. Moved to Houston. That's what I keep on doing. That's yeah. when I moved. 17. Yep. yep. 2017 to where you got to this brown table talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brown table talk. The re- roommates remix. Uh, well, I'll start it off to say, um, again, thank you guys for just having me. I uh, Whenever I was talking with Bilo just about my life in general, well, Chris. Okay, cool. It's fine. Either Nobody one, knows it's cool. just me, um, But uh, I think that for me and for the people that I've really been having in my circle is um, I'm not afraid to to talk about, you know, my divorce. I mean, I don't think you should be afraid to talk about who you're in love with or where you're going in life, where you feel like God is taking you. And then even the rock bottom, God is still there, you know. And so um, it's been a crazy three years of my life. But I think going into this next season and, you know, being officially divorced and all of that, I was like, you know, God, I don't want to hide away from it. And if it can bring healing to somebody or if my story can help uplift somebody in some way, then who am I to shy away from what God is doing in my life? So when I talked to Bilo, he was like, oh, man, it'd be great. And so anyway, so thank you guys again. But, um, yeah, so got married uh, 22 years old, 2016, and um, everything was great. Um, I think some people probably look back and and – you know, think that maybe I got married too young or things like that, but I don't really think you could always go to shoulda, coulda, woulda and stuff. But um, I think that where I felt like God was taking me and my wife was absolutely amazing. Um, but the higher God brings you, the more demons just pretty much follow you. And because of us being young, we probably were a little immature in our faith. And probably needed a couple more years of just trying to figure out. Because God, I, I truly believe God was just taking us to a whole different level. And um, the enemy just started hitting us a little bit harder than usual. So we were youth pastors at the time. And um, yeah, she, she just pretty much said that she didn't want to be married anymore. And kind of took me blindsided completely. Had no idea. And I was telling this to be like, it went from zero to 100 real quick. And so in a matter of just days, um, we became separated. And then she ended up coming back and moving out. And we were kind of texting in between and talking on the phone every now and again. But for the most part, I mean, I hadn't really seen her after that. So it was rough and it all went pretty fast. But, you know, I don't I don't blame her for any of that. I don't look back and try to try to go and say, oh, man, I wish you could. I wish, you know, but, you know, I, she did everything that she thought she was supposed to do or where she felt like she was she should have done. And so um, I bless her. I pray the best for her. And so I'm just ready for God to continue to bring me on where I felt like he was still taking me in the beginning. So, but yeah, so now I'm back here, officially divorced, trying to move on with my life, trying to trying to get going where I feel like God's taking me and making sure that I'm still putting him first in everything that I do. So that's where I am now. I appreciate you sharing. Thank you. Um, I know it's not easy talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. I know that the message that you're trying to portray it's definitely something that God has given to you. And I love seeing you walk in that light. Um, as you were saying, I, I'm just really curious. Mm-hmm. Like you said you went from zero to 100. You know, mm-hmm. you're on cloud nine. Everything's mm-hmm. going well. You know, you're married. You uh, moved to a different city. You know, you got, you know, a great job. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, the best time of your life. You yeah. got everything you want. You're yeah. looking around. You mm-hmm. got good family, good friends, good opportunity great career, great wife, and it just all came crashing down. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, did you ever see signs of something was different? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Like, did you know anything like change between you all and y'all relationship or yeah. y'all interactions? Mm. Um, just, I feel like I need a little bit more detail as far as just like how did just all of a sudden mm -hmm. I'm just don't want to yeah. do this anymore. No, I definitely saw some changes, um, and I could. I'm just trying to think of like the years and the timeline as I'm walking through it, but it probably had to be maybe of uh, probably about October of 20. I guess that was 2018. Kind of started to see a little something different. But honestly, for me, anytime I did see anything different in our relationship, I just kind of uh, um, put it all together with just us being in a new city, new people, new job. So when did you move? So basically, you were when we met you, you were living in Houston. Yeah, yeah. So I was living in Houston, and then I moved out to uh, South Carolina to become a youth pastor there. Me and her did. This had to be in uh, 2018. This is the beginning of 2018. And then we didn't really officially become on until the middle of 2018. And then kept going into 2018? Yeah, 2018. And then we were there for about a year and some change or so. So it's been probably about October, um, November, when I just kind of to see like a little change in her. But And honestly, I don't even think she really noticed it either. Um, but Describe the change. Was it like distance? Was like Distance, uh, you know upset at little things, quick mood swings, things like that. Um, and for me, and this is probably something or well, something that I definitely realize now that I'm older and that I'm kind of just going through the whole process is, you know, me trying to be a youth pastor and I'm kind of like, y'all, when I'm working on something, it's 110 and that's what I'm kind of working on. And so my pastor, he kind of tells me, you know, you got to put God and then family and then your work. And I definitely was putting God and then work, and then family. But, I mean, I think there's season of that. I think there's a balance to everything, right? You know, for, hey, for the next three months, I just got to kill it here, and then I'm going to come back, and then bada-bing, bada-boom. You know what I'm saying? We're going to make it happen. But um, I just feel like in probably in that time with me just focusing on this, you know what I mean? I think she, maybe she just kind of felt a little bit of lack of focus in this area, and I think that's where the distance kind of became. Um, and so, but honestly, I think that, you know, when you allow people to speak into your life that, are not of God or that are just completely coming from left field, I think that's honestly probably where you kind of start to manifest some things that you didn't even know were inside of you. And so that's why you have to have a good core of people around you. And I think that she just kind of started to allow people to speak into her. And uh, and then for me, I just kind of was making sure that I was surrounding myself with people um, like my family, like some great mentors as well. And uh, that way I wasn't able to kind of fall off course. But I think that's kind of how everything kind of happened so quickly in that way. And so, but yeah, just kind of, just a quick change uh, from October, November, just had to see some things. December, Christmas time was weird, you know, things like that. And um, and then, yeah, before you know it, it just kind of happened like that. So, you both moved to South Carolina mm -hmm. to work at this church, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you guys both moved to South Carolina to work at this church in 2018. Mm -hmm. What month was this? Uh, this was February. February 2018. Yeah. So you're saying October 2018 mm -hmm. That's when you started seeing some changes. Mm -hmm. So you both were working at the church. Mm -hmm. You said that you felt like you were working more. So were you, like, putting in extra hours at the church? Were mm -hmm. you going above and beyond and she was at home? Like, what, what, what was that work dynamic for you, like, during that, when you were in that period of time? Yeah, yeah, going over and beyond extra hours, uh... And I think the difference was, because I worked at the church in Houston as well, the difference was me doing that in Houston was probably a little bit easier because we had family with us. So if I were putting in extra hours, she had somebody that she could be with, her friends and things like that. 
But then being in Greenville, she only probably had two or three people that she can kind of lean on. And if those people are busy, then, you know, you, you don't. So, um, but yeah, putting in extra hours, um, just trying to make sure. I mean, everything that I feel like God gives me, I just want to do with my 110%. Yeah. And so when it comes to marriage or when it comes to working at a church or whatever it is, yeah. uh, just trying to do go over and beyond. And yeah. so me working a 12-hour day is hard, but I don't really think about, oh, man, I worked 12 hours today. It's like, oh, we got the job done today. Cool, great, yeah. awesome, you know. And especially when you're a pastor, you got people calling on you, and yeah. you don't ever really shut off. You yeah. know? I, mean, you got, I literally had a kid, and it's probably one of my favorite kids. His name is uh, Malachi, and he literally, he'll call me at 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, and I, sometimes I answer, sometimes I won't, but that's just part of the job, you know. And so it's not the big deal to me. I'm not thinking, like, all right, let me clock in my hours really quick on no. this 2 a.m. Like, yeah. you know, you just do what you got to do, so. So you also said that you felt like there were not the best voices in her ear mm-hmm. during that period of time. Yeah. So were you saying that when you guys left family and friends in Houston mm-hmm. and went to Greenville, were you saying that there was a new circle of like support, like friends around her mm-hmm. that she started developing that were that you felt like may not have been, you know, giving her the information that she might have needed that would be beneficial to her because I'm thinking that if she was at working at the church, maybe she had you no know, good friends around her. So mm-hmm. was there like an outside circle, or would you like say it was media? Like, what mm-hmm. would you say that left field information really was? I think some of it is, is social media. I think okay. that we kind of look at people online and we we kind of put together, okay, so they're doing this, therefore if I do this and it works out. But social media is already mm-hmm. so fake, so you know you can never really trust half the stuff you put on there. Um, but that too, I mean, I think there was just some people that she found there in, in South Carolina, you know, as well. But I think the majority of it is, you know, whenever you are a pastor or you're somebody in leadership or you're a boss or you're a manager or whatever, you know, you're already on a separate level. And so a lot of times you don't really think, all right, well, then the people that I'm also leading can also help me out in this way. And you kind of just, you're just, you're already searching for somebody to kind of just pull on and, okay, well, who can be my people or who can I hold on to? I don't want to open up too much to them. I don't want to open up too much to them. And so you kind of just find whoever, you know, attracts you or you're attracted to them. And so I think that's kind of like how it all came together. So when she came at you and said, you know, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. Like, What was, you know, for whatever reason, what was your initial reaction real quick was that like the first time you like you like was it like that immediate or was there something before that um oh sorry oh, no you're fine no. okay now you're good yeah. <laughs> um there was something a little bit before that it was like a week or probably about a week or two before um she just kind of told me that she was just really struggling and she uh, didn't can know you give why us a month and year for uh this? this was february so this is february 2019 february 2019 um, January or February 2019, she just kind of told me that she was just kind of hurting in the relationship, didn't really know why, and wanted to try to get some help in some way. But honestly, in her heart, she just was feeling like calling it quits. And so me immediately, I'm like, all right, we got to try to figure out something what to do. And so uh ended up buying us plane tickets back to Houston so we could talk to our marriage counselor um, here in Houston. And then before we could even get to that moment. Cause I think that had to be like maybe the end of February, first week in March. Um, she was like, actually don't even worry about it. You know, we're just going to call it quits now. So yeah, zero to a hundred. And what, and what was her reasoning besides just, she just didn't want to be married, man. You know, and I really do feel like, you know, like I said, it could be young age, 
could be people talking to her. I, I, I can't speak, you know, for that. But from what she just told me is that she just didn't want to be married. She, she didn't really, didn't really love the married life. Um, just wanted something different. Didn't want to be married. And so for me, you know, I, we were kind of talking about this earlier. I don't really understand how you go from, you know, wanting to be married and then from quick from, I just don't. I mean, marriage is hard. Don't get me wrong. I know you haven't been married before. Marriage is hard, you know what I mean? But just like anything, you just got to put in, you know, effort and put in a fight and just try to do as best you can. And every day is something different. Um, but it's it's not un, it's it's doable. You can do it. You can make it happen. If you're saying, hey, yes, this is what I want to do. This is who I want to be with. All right, bet we can make it happen. Um, and so I just feel like at some point, I just think she was just tired of having to put in the work, having to fight for it, and she just wanted to go ahead and call it quits. So, How did that make you feel? Oh, my God, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, it was it was so rough. I mean, this is somebody that I've been with for, um, I guess at this point, it was we were going into our third year of marriage, so we had already been together a year and a half before that, so close to four and a half years now. And How old is she by chance? She's two years younger than me, so I'm 25, so she's 23. Yeah. You guys got married. How old was she when she when you guys got married? Twenty. Twenty. She was twenty, and I was twenty-two. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, and so I mean, yeah, it's just it, I I was super hurt, and I think I was definitely I went through all the stages of 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 grief and emotion and all of them, which is funny because I didn't really know what they all were until I like Googled them, and I was like, oh, I'm in that one, mm-hmm. and then a couple weeks later, I'm like, oh, that's me, and then it's like, oh, that's me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I was I was in complete shock. Complete shock. And I think that I just kind of assumed, all right, like, you're kind of going through it right now. This is how you're feeling. Thank you for being honest with me. couple days, week, month, we'll, we'll get back to normal and we'll, we'll figure out our, this new dynamic, you know, after hearing how you just don't want to be, you know, whatever. And so the fact that that part never came, I think that that is what kind of took me even longer to kind of go through the process. Like, signing divorce papers, easy. Like, but when somebody just kind of ups and leaves out of your life like that, it is it is the same as, like, a death in your life. Because, I mean, what you're going to do, the harder part is that that person is there. So you can actually call them or text them or kind of get in a little bit, you know, here and there or whatever. But, yeah, just the fact that, you know, a person just kind of ups and leaves is super hard. Yeah, super hard. And without really much of an explanation at all, you know. But... Truly, though, like, and I know this might be just a cliche thing to say, but, I mean, do not know where I would be without God. I have no clue. Like, I mean, thoughts of suicide, thoughts of depression, anxiety, like, all of them. I I mean, I felt them all this year. And there is even at one moment where I'm I'm literally trying to figure out, okay, God, I know you said this. I know you said that. I know I felt this. I know I felt that. Then why in the heck is all of this happening? And um, the scripture for me that I just kind of kept going to was Romans 8.28, which is, um, for God works everything out for the good of those that love him and that are called according to his purpose, which pretty much means no matter what happens in your life, no matter what life throws at you, no matter what the enemy tries to throw you off, at the end of it all, you're going to look back and be like, oh, so the whole time you was working out these steps for me and you got me to this place and I had no idea I had to go through this to get to that. Now, I don't think that... God wanted wanted her to do what she did, and I don't think that he wanted our marriage to end, but I feel like at some point, whenever he knew in her heart that it was done and that it was a wrap, he was like, all right, don't worry, I got you, and I'm going to bring you through this, and so it's been a hard, it's been a rough process just trying to trust God and lean in and just trying to figure it all out, but 
yeah, that that Romans eight twenty eight. That's that's what's been keeping me. So it's been keeping me sane. I'm like, all right, I'm ready for that one. I'm ready. I'm ready to figure out these puzzle pieces, guy. But yeah, it was rough though. Yeah, it's it was rough. It was rough. And every day, every day is still different. I mean, I still go through processes where I'm just like, dang, that sucks. Or you know, ah oh, man, like that's crazy. But it's just the process, you know. But yeah. So February, she's. Like, was this on the phone? Or was this a face-to-face conversation? Uh, it's face-to-face conversation. Yeah, face-to-face. Yeah. And then she just packed up her stuff and moved the next day. No, so we had we so this was like in the middle of the week, and so I think the next day, um, or next probably two or three days, we were still. I think she ended up going to stay with a friend, and then um, I was in our house, and my sister lived in. Greenville or in South Carolina with me as well. So she was there with me. And so we we're just kind of kind of talking through and we we're all just kind of still in shock. And so, you know, when you hear something like that, you still kind of go through the motion. So, you know, I think we had still went to work the next day. Oh, both of you guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Like it was, I mean, you know, it's still just kind of like, yeah. just trying to work it through. And I'm still just like, wait, what the, you know, what's yeah. going on? So, uh, but I think that weekend we ended up going to uh, see a counselor in her hometown and uh hometown is what uh pittsburgh okay so cool. we were driving to pittsburgh from south carolina went to pittsburgh oh you both drove together yeah both oh drove wow together. yeah that was crazy how was that <laughs> okay so i was waiting to tell you this but <laughs> so like crazy so i'm in the car and we're um I, like, are you I, talking to the mic i'm sorry i'm yeah. in the car <laughs> and um i um i have like my ipad on in the car so we, i think we're like watching netflix or or HBO, something like that. I don't really remember, bro. But that the drive is like eight hours. So oh, the first four hours are honestly pretty chill. Like we're just being regular, goofy, nothing much. Like, and I think that before we even drove, like I'm like, all right, listen, let's just let's just get to Pittsburgh and let's talk. Because I'm thinking we're gonna talk to this amazing counselor or therapist or whatever, and then we're gonna be fine by the end of it, right? But when I tell you when we got to like hour five or hour six, literally. I cried for like the next two or three hours, probably straight. And literally, probably one of the main things I kept saying was like, how much I miss Jason. Isn't that crazy? Bro, I literally was like, and and I mean, she knows. Who's Jason? Oh, I'll let you go on. I'll let you go on. <laughs> this is going to come on the phone. I know. I literally, I was like, but bro, it's so weird. Like, I, I'm, I'm literally like, I'm in the car, hour six, and like, it's when the sun came down or whatever, and I'm just, I'm boohoo crying. And she's kind of just like kind of comfort me. Are you okay? Whatever. And I literally was like, I don't know why, but at that moment, like missed him like so much. I'm not gonna cry, but I might. Yeah, but, I'm, yeah. but I'm not. Yeah. But I. But I might. Uh, yeah. I mean, I knew it was gonna come up. <laughs> um, Jason was um, was Byron's neighbor. Basically, grew up with him, um, and he was to me, honestly, the closest thing I had to a brother to a best friend. Uh, in my life, uh, and uh, we grew up together. I mean, I mean, Byron was there um, at his dad's house. Um, it was like Jason was like who brought me and Belo together. Exactly. It was like Belo's friend, man. best friends with Jason, and I was best friends with Belo. Exactly. And, yeah. and we was the, the trio after that. Yeah. Um, and um, unfortunately, Jason ended up passing away um, back in my freshman year of college, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um and nah. was it 2016? Nah, no, I graduated 20, 20, 20, 2012. Yeah, 2013. Yeah. 2012, 2013. 2012. Yeah. 2012. I graduated 2016. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm about to say, damn. Yeah, I know that's too recent. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, 
he he was a huge loss for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, especially for me and Byron. Just I mean And it's so random too. Yeah, it just came out of nowhere, ended up collapsing on a football field and you know, unfortunately that was that was that. And um and even at the funeral, I remember just being there. I couldn't even walk in or like in the freaking funeral hall, like without just going like like hysterically crying. Mm-hmm. When I got through the funeral, uh, as I was walking the casket out, the one person I saw, the very first person I saw was Byron, mm-hmm. and it killed me. Yeah, it killed me. Um, I couldn't even finish walking the casket. Um, and it's funny that you say that because like my deepest darkest times while I'm in the car, it's always one person I just want to call. One. It's always one person. Just one. I just want to call. And I remember just one day, I think I was driving back to to freaking at the house one day. And I was like, man, I haven't talked to Jason in a while. Dang. Like just literally just like it just hadn't even popped up that he was gone. Yeah. Um, and I just remember just driving in silence and just hurting. Crazy hurting because it's literally like a piece of me is enough mm-hmm. and um and i completely understand that like that two-hour ride like mm-hmm. i understand bro like i i get it um because i mean we missed our brother for yeah like, you know so and and that's that's probably that's probably the closest thing you could probably relate to divorce at least mm. from my experience and then even what other people have said is that it really is like mourning like a like a death yeah i mean it's a death of a situation a death of a relationship yeah. and so I mean, it was rough. I mean, especially that. So that eight-hour drive was rough, and I think that I think as we got closer to Pittsburgh, I just started to realize how like intense and how serious the situation really was. Because the first couple of days, I think I was just in shock, and yeah. I don't even think I, I don't even think I cried about it yet. I was just, just kind of working. Okay, like what's going on? What's going on? I think I was angry some moments, yeah. and you know. But I think that that car ride was when I was like, oh my god. Oh wait, this is real. Like this is really happening, you know. And then, uh, yeah, first person I want to call is Jason. This is crazy. But so they you got you get to Pittsburgh. You yeah. get to this counselor. What happened? Get to Pittsburgh. Get to the counselor and super nice lady. Um, and honestly, she she really got a chance to open up and help me, and I think also help her just see things that you know we just probably didn't realize. Um, her parents went through a divorce as well. And so just kind of, and my parents have been married for, they just made 30 years, actually, just made 30 years. So um, it's just two different dynamics in that regard. And so I've seen my parents go through hell and back eight times. And um, so my thing is like, yeah, like, I know we goofy right now. We, you know, you probably shouldn't have done that, but it's cool. Like, you know, we got it. And uh, I don't just throw in the towel for nothing. I do that in my life. I do that in my work. Like, I don't, you know. And so, especially in relationships. And so, I think it was just two different dynamics. And she really helped to see that. And so, um, her 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 advice was just to take a month. And you go sit in the corner somewhere. You go sit in the corner somewhere. Y'all pray. Y'all fast. And then at the end of the month, y'all figure out what y'all want to do. And um, still be in contact with the therapist. And she told us to try to not have as much contact with each other as much. But when you've done something every day for four years, what you're talking to somebody is kind of, it was hard for me. So, um, so yeah, so we did that. So then she ended up, um, I ended up going back to South Carolina. And so we were separated for about a month, just trying to figure out, you know, what we wanted to do, what was going to happen. And then, yeah, at the end of that month, she just called me and just said, Hey, sorry, I can't do it. Um, I'm gonna have to come and grab my stuff. And, uh, 
happened. So she moved out. So and I told her, and and I mean, and I'm, I'm I've been honest about it with this, but that was that was that was probably the hardest day. That was probably the hardest day of my life. Like that one, Jason passing away, and I think probably just figuring out like the news about everything. Like those three days was hard. And I told her I was like, because at this point, I mean, she, and which I, I wish I am glad about. She was very upfront about what she wanted to do. Like from the time that she had told me what was going on, she was like, I just don't want to be married anymore. It's not you. I'm not mad at you. You've been the best. You've been this. You've been great. I just do not want to be married anymore. And so I don't, it wasn't like a personal vendetta or nothing like that, you know? And so I, I definitely respect her for that. But, um, but yeah, signing divorce papers, easy. You know what I mean? That's, that's no big deal at all. But the picking up and somebody removing themselves out of your life, like killing the situation all on them, that's that's definitely rough. And so, yeah. And so so she told you this. So um, she told me this this was this was the end of this was the end of Mar- so end of February, beginning okay. of March yep. is when she told me everything and mm-hmm. then we became separated. End of March, beginning of April is when uh is when she ended up moving out. And so that was when that was the, I mean that's the last time I saw her. Yeah, in in four weeks everything just kinda just changed quick can you describe how it is because i'm assuming i mean i know you said you stayed in in greenville mm-hmm. during for a period of time afterwards mm-hmm. can you describe you know how it feels going to work yeah you know and being around people that know you all as a married couple and now as like a divorced couple yeah church people are hard Mm. They are <laughs> church people are hard, man. I mean, they, elaborate. Uh, you know, they, I think just they have the two extremes. Like, or I guess you, or you guess you have three. The people that you know just don't even really say anything. But you have people that are really like that. That really surround them, surround you with just love and care, and they don't really try to pry in the situation. If you want to tell me, you can't. But no matter what, I got you. You can come over to the house. I cook for you. You know what I'm saying? You can come spend the night. Like you know, all that kind of stuff, which is great. Then you got the other side of like. What did you do, and and how did how did you not fix the situation, and what could you have done better, and all of that, and so that part was like, dang, I ain't I ain't done nothing. I just I've been sitting here trying to lead the young people. You know what I'm saying? So that that part was hard, and um, but I mean, it it's it, it's it's it is what it is, and it it kind of comes with the territory as well. I mean, like my whole calling in life is to lead these people to Christ, so. You can't have one without the other, I guess, if that makes sense. And so I don't, and it didn't really affect me that much. I wasn't sitting over there in the corner like, man, you guys think? I just, I was like, whatever, y'all are goofy anyways. But, um, but yeah, I think that for me, I just, I, I stayed away from those people and I just surrounded myself with people that I just knew love and cared for me and just kind of took care of me, which is funny because like I, so, I mean, it's not funny. I don't know why I said that, but it was great because in this time, in this situation, um, so my sister was living there in Greenville and um, I had a really good group of some volunteers that I had met there in Greenville. So what I did was I kind of just surrounded myself with these six or seven or eight people or whatever. And every night we would just kind of go play Uno or Dominoes or cards. And we would just watch Netflix. And I think Game of Thrones was out at the time as well. So we would just kind of stay up and watch movies. And I really kind of made those people just like my little squads, what we call it, little squad. And, um, and so out of, you know, losing a relationship, I gained seven more with people that I just love and cherish so much now. And so it's it's always, God is always working, you know, for you on your behalf, even when you don't even know it. So these people were there the whole time. And because I was not engulfed in my marriage or nothing like that, but had no idea that these relationships that um, 
that were here, I would have made, you know, without, you know, this kind of happening. So it all, you know, it all worked out in the end. But yeah, I don't know what the original question was, but it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, man, pre- I appreciate you sharing that. I-, I think for me, you know, first hearing that, man, it, it hurt me, man. Mm-hmm. It hurt me because I'm very paranoid about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, it hurt me because, because to me, what what bothered me the most is that I'm biased. I know towards men. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk about that. This is what I'm really here for. I'm very biased towards men. And the reason why I'm bi- I'm personally biased towards men, and I'm just me I'm me being honest, is that I've met a lot of exceptional men in my life. I don't think a lot of people have met exceptional men in, mm-hmm. in their lives. Mm-hmm. I've met some exceptional men. My dad is an exceptional man. Like I can go on for days of telling people how my dad was exceptional, from him changing diapers all the time yeah. from him being the one who missed work to take us to the hospital mm-hmm. to him being the one that would take a second job and still make sure he stayed up four hours after work when he got back home helping us with our homework to three o'clock in the morning to wake up at five mm-hmm. and then go back to work mm-hmm. and never once use the word I'm tired. I've never heard my dad say the word I'm tired in my life. Wow. So to... Like, my dad would tell us every single day he loved us. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just... Something about, something about him is just... He's a different human being. Mm-hmm. So, there's men like Bilo I've, I've met who are so obsessed with helping people. Yeah. I've never met somebody so get so depressed when he feels like he didn't help somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some people who you just know this is their soul. Loving and caring and being good to people. Yeah. You know, from men like you who, through, God dang it, phone. <laughs> this is a Where devil trying to rip. Unplug that phone. <laughs> it was going good. It was going good. Now you got to unplug the, the, yeah, there we go. All right. Back to my bromance spill. Come on, come on. From men like you who, I don't know, for me, and this is a little, this is just a little super spiritual. Mm. I can just sense somebody's spirit. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you have such a a kind heart of giving, Mm. of, like, even through all this. Mm -hmm. Never once was a bump you got. I mean, it probably was inside. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it's like this constant perseverance through difficulty, even to come on here and to share. But even hearing you talk about, like, through all this pain, you're still obsessed with how can I better service humanity. Mm-hmm. So I've seen all these amazing men in my life, and then I see bad things happen to them. Yeah. And so many times, what people want to do is they want to say, like you said, what did he do wrong? Mm-hmm. And obviously, nobody's perfect. No, mm-hmm. no one scored 100 on the test of life. Mm-hmm. But some people scored some 93s <laughs> and 94s. <laughs> and they did a really good job. Yeah. And so it really hurt me like how this happened to you. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we're not going to bash her, say anything bad about her because she's going through her own journey and the story is still going on. We don't know. We don't know. Um, and so to me, 
There's I, this, this, this my story, which is so great. This yes. The roommates. Cool. Um, but does my story make you guys a little paranoid to go into deep relationships, into marriage, into that future? And which it is okay if it is, but I I I, I want to know your thoughts. Chris, goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn right. It's so much safer, fees just to be single. It's so much safer. I mean, listen. I mean, the Bible talks about it. Yeah. The Bible talks about it. That, like, hey, listen. If you don't think you could be married, don't. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's it's definitely okay. Yeah. I'm, <sighs> I'm be honest with you, man. Talk to me. I'm be honest with you. Yeah. That's probably one of the biggest fears of my life. Mm-hmm. Just. Having that betrayal mm-hmm. happen to me, yeah, you know, and like I said, I know you, mm-hmm. you know, I know myself, I know fees. Mm-hmm. We will, or you did, try our hardest to be the best husbands in the world. Mm-hmm. And to me, it don't get any better than the three men in this room. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Stops right here. It stops right here. Guys. Right here. <laughs> so for one of us to have to go through that yeah it's very scary cuz yeah. it can happen to anybody mm-hmm. no matter how hard you tried mm-hmm. no matter how much you did how much you prayed no how much you fast yeah that happened yeah and there's no way in hell mm-hmm. you deserve that yeah. like just no way yeah so i'm 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 like fam i'd much rather me go through it than like somebody like you <laughs> you know like so i'm i'm sitting there thinking just like I don't know if I can handle that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like just like you said, without God, probably like like you said, if it wasn't for God, you probably couldn't handle it either. Right. But I don't want to experience it, yeah. you know. So when that happened, I'm sitting there like, fam. Like the the easier, safer way to do it is to avoid. Obviously, I'm not gonna do it because I know I'm called to be a husband, be right. a father. Right. But I just know I will internally. Blame myself for a very long time because yeah. I would take responsibility for it, and it'd be ultimately extremely mm-hmm. frustrated, mm-hmm. angry, mad at God because you did this to me. I'm with you. I'm you with let you. this happen to me. Mm-hmm. You brought this girl into my life, mm-hmm. and all I got is pain at the end. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here alone mm-hmm. dealing with this. What is the purpose for this? And so I think that my I think that 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 our situation. I think it's slightly an anomaly, a little bit, just because of how she grew up, what what her story was, and how she was brought up and things like that. And even talking with the counselor, she was like, I'm surprised that this didn't end sooner, which I was surprised that she even said that. She was like, with everything y'all got going on in your life, with all the stuff that, how you were brought up, how you were brought up, she was like, I'm surprised y'all made it three years. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, good. Um, I feel good about right. that. I was like, I don't know how to feel about that. that. Right, exactly. So, um, so, you know, aside from that. But, you know, I think that there were definitely some things that I saw that because of my insecurity and my immaturity that I didn't address before we got married. Um, or even before we even got engaged, just little things. And I mean, I know I was young and 22 or whatever, but there's some things I saw, and I was, and I should have addressed. Can you it. can you share? Like, I, you don't have to. No, don't it's have to, no, it's get. not. It's not that I want to, but I mean, I'm still. I'm like, there's so there's so much life that has happened before then, you know. But I mean, just little things. I mean, she. I mean, she was young, so there were certain things that I knew, like in my wife or even in the mother of my children, that I wouldn't want her to do or even think like, because I know that 
I know it's the little foxes that destroy the vine, so the Bible talks about that. So it's those small thoughts that you get in your mind, those small little ideas that you get, and also thoughts for men, T-H-O-T-S, but um, that you get where it's like kind of can go and mess up just your whole situation. And so, I, you know, it kind of starts off as like a, um, like a weed, and then I can just grow and grow and grow. So little things that I saw that either she'd say or think or do. And Give me like a, an example. Oh, man. Um, we need this for us. No, no, it's good. It's good. I need to know, I'm literally, I really do. No, I want to. Um, so, so okay, so maybe not her. Maybe just somebody else that I've seen even do this because I, I, I can't even really think about that. But um, so there's one girl I know, and she is, um, she's young. I think she's she's definitely early twenties, and she wants to get married. Um, but one of the things that I see her do now is she's just constantly complaining just about every little thing. Um, this isn't like this isn't happening in my life because of this, or this isn't happening in my life because of this, or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I think that for me, and even as somebody, if I were pursuing her, or whatever, is I mean, if everything around you is an issue, it's probably got might have to do with you. Like you're the one common denominator in every single one of these situations that's kind of popping off in your life. And uh, not saying that that was you know my my ex, but there were definitely situations like that where this was an issue or this was an, this or this or that, and so and I would always try to bring light to the fact that okay, but it's not it doesn't always have to be with that person or that person or people are just gonna be goofy and they're gonna do whatever they want, but we can't let them change who we are. You know, like one of the things that I would always tell my students is um, be the thermometer, not the thermostat. You know what I mean? Like, we set the temperature in the room. We tell people what's going to happen. We tell them, okay, this is where we're going to be at. We don't adjust to what the world gives us. Just because 30 degrees outside of me, we're going to be 30 degrees. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not going to do that. And so I think little situations like that, and I think those can just kind of grow and grow if you don't dip in the butt. But marriage, relationships, dating, all of it for me, and I've said this for a while, is, is like a mirror. And so when you're married, and me and my wife, I see... Uh, her front, her side, her back, her up and down. I see that physically and spiritually and emotionally. And so when I go and address those like a mirror does, the opposite side, the, your spouse cannot be offended by those situations. They have to understand that I married you because you're the best mirror for me. Like, you point out all my flaws. If I have ketchup on my shirt, you're going to call it out, and you're not going to let me walk out in the street with ketchup on my shirt. Like, this is a clean white tee. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know? And so um, and so there, there are always going to be moments and times where you can do that in y'all's relationship, in marriage, in life, or whatever. And so you guys have to be okay with adjusting to those certain things and knowing that she's not trying to get on me because she's mad at me. She's trying to get on me because she understands that I got a stain on my shirt and then vice versa. Um, and so I think that because of my immaturity and me being young, I would see certain things and be like, ah, nah, just, we're not going to address it just because I don't want to hurt her feelings or I don't want to make her sad or, you know, we had a bad day today or, you know, something happened at work or whatever. But as a husband, that's your job. And then as a wife, that's their job as well. Like, hey, listen, you got this. Or either you don't got this. Like, I'm going to tell you straight up, you know? And so um, I think that she was really good with that for me. And honestly, I feel like that's why I'm, I've am i just kind of gotten better even in my life. Because I do feel like she was good about that. But I definitely don't think I was I was good with really pointing out stuff like that. Or I was not good with addressing it. I definitely could see it. But because of my own insecurity, I just, I didn't. So I think that's definitely one of the things that I could have done. Man. In that. 
appreciate it. Okay, that. but wait, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so with mar- so with marriage, I think that um, so I agree with you, and I totally understand. Like, I definitely even before I got married, I was like, man, like I, like, they got a divorce, they got a divorce, they split up, they got divorced, they were married for twenty some years, they got a divorce. It don't really seem like it for me. Um, but I think that because I had my my mom and my dad as an example, I just kind of I just kind of thought, well, they made it, so then we can make it. Which is funny, they made it, which means I can make it. And so I think that you have to make sure that you find somebody with those same core values. Like the Bible talks about being equally yoked. I think that's way more than just on a spiritual level. Like yeah. people think, and this at least this is how church kids think. Okay, so you go to church and you was in the choir, and I was in the choir, and you was in children's church, and I was in children's church. We must be a perfect fit. We good. We good. What else we need? Look we at, totally fine. Look at the board. Come on. Did you do this? Yeah. <laughs> it's easy. Come on. Uh, but then you kind of realize, like, oh no, but like, you don't like this, and I love that. Or either you don't like this, or I love that. Whatever the case may be. Or either you were growing up this way, and I wasn't growing up that way. And so all those little things come into play. And I think that's kind of what, at least that's what I equate. I think that's what God was kind of talking about more mm. as being equally yoked. Is like, it's more than just. You love God and I love God. But it's, yo, like, no, how were you growing up? You were growing up where we don't quit, we don't stop, yeah. we fight to the end, we give our 110% no matter what. That's how I was growing up. That's how you were growing up. Then, that, yeah, we can definitely make this work. And so little things like that I definitely feel like as well could help the... Okay, anyway, sorry, go. No, that's good, man. <laughs> Guys, but I love you, man. You're, you're a great human being. Thanks, bro. Um, for me, 150,000%. Yes. <laughs> Um, because I guess I, I've been challenged in a lot of different areas of my life, um, even with relationship with Chris, you know, and podcast stuff, man. You know, <laughs> I'm not the easiest person to deal with. Mm. I know that, mm. you know, many people want to leave me. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. It. Know? And so I think I, you're fine, bro. I don't believe him. I don't believe him. So, so I, I understand I understand who I am as a person. I think sometimes yeah. you got to be honest about yourself. I understand I'm not the easiest to deal with. Afiz has been doing better. Yeah. He's been growing. There we go. We're yes, growing. Yes, We're yes, growing. Yes, growing. Season, yeah. growing. Season three and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, it's the it's to the point where, I mean, my dad always says this: like you can never know what the other person is thinking. That's the one thing about humanity that's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, we're so egocentric because we don't really understand other people. Because mm-hmm. we just don't understand all the thoughts and emotions and feelings and past histories and stories that go on in people's heads. Because most of the time, we're all the time, we're in our own. Yeah. So there's this thing where you as a man can do everything right but you don't know how she's really responding. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because, like you pointed out, in hindsight, oh, I can see. Like, everyone is capped in hindsight. Oh, yeah, in hindsight, you uh, should have been able to see it. But no, in the moment, that there's so much things that you're not able to see. I remember um, this one girl who I dated one time, and she was like, yeah, there was this, you did this, and I should have never 
stayed with you because you were like this. Yeah. I'm like, motherfucker, you didn't have no problem with that back then. <laughs> Shut the front door. You had no problem with that back then. Now it's easy when you try and look for Acting excuses. Brand new. Yeah, now all of a yeah. sudden, oh, yeah, if I would have seen that back, nah. Yeah. 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 stupid, too. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, you shouldn't have ate the cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, get out of here. Oh, my but, God. Uh, but, so, for me, it's that, it's that, f- that's the part to me. Mm-hmm. Is that I? I'm an extreme individual. Mm. I when I want something, I only know 110. Yeah, it's a pro and it's a con. Mm. So for me to get to the point where I'm in love with, that's why I've always said I've never loved somebody because that's a only person. I, no, I can't say that. Uh, okay, uh, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna edit that part out. <laughs> but, edit notes. But, we uh, wanna know. <laughs> we. <laughs> But I so for me to love is 110%. So the idea of loving somebody 110 and giving them everything and then still that person choosing to leave you mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? It's like that's that part that is so f- fearful to me. Yeah. And it's not only that, it's also a challenge of as you get older, like I don't know these people. Mm-hmm. You know, the girls I meet, they're strangers. Mm-hmm. I don't know their family. I don't know their friends. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like. I can ask questions, right. but like, they have like twenty plus years of life. Mm-hmm. And then as people get older, like, there's so many things that you can hide. Mm-hmm. And so there's just that. You know, there's there's honestly that part where we like we're not we're not, we're not friends. Yeah. Like girls, like there's no girl in my life right now who's a friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. opportunistic. It's like, oh, I think you're attracted, so I'm here talking to you. Mm-hmm. The moment you're not attracted to me or the moment I find somebody else or the moment I'm busy or the moment life hits me. like, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like that true unconditional yeah. person in life. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just I just feel like the, the worst part is when you are... When you, make, when you make mistakes and you get consequences, I can live with that. Yeah. I can always live with that. Mm-hmm. But when you don't make mistakes... And then bad things happen. Yeah, that's the part where me being who I am and mm. being, and how emotionally invested I get. Mm. Boy, you talk about you on suicide watch. <laughs> I'll be on mass murderer. <laughs> FBI most wanted. <laughs> FBI most wanted. I think. I think. <laughs> I think one that's very true because I've definitely been there. <laughs> Mass suicide. Do not, please come find me. No, no. Honestly, though, and I, I don't, I haven't told anybody this, but that's why I had my sister move in with me. So when I was in, when I was living in South Carolina, and all this was going on, like I was like, no, you, you're gonna have to come live with me because I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like I, I probably had maybe like a week of sleeping by myself, which was so weird because, like I said, you know, we've been married for three years, so this is the first time I have to sleep by myself. It was just super weird, so. I was like, nah, I had my sister, I had my nephew and my niece there. So it was great. I had a big house, but I'm with you. Like, it's it's hard. But a couple of things you said, which made me think. But um, first thing was you said that, um, you know, you loving somebody so hard, 110%, and them not loving you back is so hard. Like, you, like 110% is you, you die for that person. Like, I, whatever I got to do to make sure that you know I love you, like, that's what I'll do. That's exactly what God has done for us. Like, the exact same thing with what Jesus has done for us. Like, he literally said, like, I'm going to give you my 110%. I'm literally going to die for you with the hopes that maybe you'll choose me. Like, 
I'm going to die, and then I hope that maybe one day you choose me. But if you don't, I still want to die. Now, obviously, we're not God and we're not Jesus, so I'm, I don't expect for us to do that. If you but don't choose me, you get hell. Edit point. We're going to remix that one. Oh, my Lord. Turn your attention to the commercials. Yeah, commercial break. Um, we got an ad. Do we, need a, do we need to do the ad right now? I feel like we need to put an ad right here. Sponsored by Aquafina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We got a little. <laughs> Go eat some Chick fil A. <laughs> getting ridiculous. Um, but. No, but yeah, it's the exact same thing. So I don't, I don't, obviously we're not God, we're not Jesus. I, I, you know, we ain't having to do all that. But marriage, I definitely believe, is the best representation, if not one of the only representations that God has really given us to show us the relationship that Jesus has with us. And even that what we have with the Father. I mean, he literally talks about like the bride and groom, you know, with the church. And so um, for us, to understand, even for me to be married, I understand like how so many times I've neglected God. And so many times I've just left him there and just been like, all right, I'm done, bye. And then how many times I've come back, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't believe I did this, and oh, please forgive me. Like, And that's and that the hard part is that we're human and, and, and marriage is in and things like that in, but that also happens just like that relationship with God. And so with me, and especially understanding what I went through, I have a totally different concept of what, my next marriage is going to be, but then also how my relationship with God the Father works. Like, oh, you still want to be married? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Man. Which is crazy. Like, yeah. I say, oh, yeah, now, like, it's, oh, of course. Yeah. But, no, yeah, a couple a couple months ago, definitely not. Like, I, it was rough. Like, there was literally, like, I, I mean, I had to go through my process. But, and, which also sucks not to bring you guys, like, into any more, like, trauma. But, um, but yeah, I've always wanted to be married. Ever since I was a kid, I might have said that on our first on the you first episode probably, or whatever. Yeah. But I've always wanted to be married. I don't know what it was. I've always loved the idea of having like an everlasting best friend, somebody you can just call on, and cry on, and make out with, and have like great sex with. I'm like, Heck yeah, bro, let's just. That sounds like a match made in heaven. And um, and I really, I mean, and and our, and our marriage was it really was a match made in heaven. And I think that again, when you surround yourself with people. Birds of a feather, birds of a feather flock together. So if you don't flock with them people, don't be flocking with them. Like you know what I'm saying? Like eagles don't hang out with chickens. You know what I'm saying? Butterflies don't hang out with caterpillars. Like you know what I mean? Like we transcend, we move on, and we go on to the next one. And so I, I think that even in your marriage, you need to surround yourself with other married people that are doing it right. Not b- boys that are out here slanging and banging and, and coming home to their three kids. Like, no, nah, we're not doing that. You know what I'm saying? And so surround yourself with people that are trying to make it work, trying to make it happen, that are surrounding themselves with with good godly morals, things like that. Um, but, yeah, I a couple months ago, definitely not. Like, I was I probably from from the whole, so let's go, we'll just say March. We'll say March. All the way up to probably October, I was like, Psh, I'm done with ministry. I'm done with, um, well, probably September, but I'm done with ministry. I'm done with, I don't ever want to be married again. Like, I'm good. I'm whatever, whatever, whatever. And slowly over time, God just kind of started to soften my heart again. Like, my heart got quick, like hard, quick. And I had people like my homie, my homie Chris Strada, who honestly, I called him up. I was like, man, listen, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move here. I'm going to move out to L.A. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get out of here. I'm done. And he was like, okay. He let me vent. Let me talk. And then he was like, but that's not what you called to do. That's not who you are. It's not what you're supposed to do. Snap out of it. Get your life right. Go back home. 
And I was like, okay, yes, sir. And I'm glad I did. And so, but yeah, for a while there, I was I was done. I I didn't I was so done. I didn't want to be married at, at all. But now that God is kind of just bringing me back in and out of that, I'm like, oh yeah, like marriage is great. It really is. Marriage, marriage, it really is awesome. But the the I think the start of it is what we like. What we talked about mental health. You know what I mean? Surround yourself with people that 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 could really help build you guys. It does take a village to raise a child. It takes a village to help a marriage as well, I believe. And so you can't just be in there doing it by yourself, which a lot of that was us. We were just kind of in there because we thought we was good. Well, we don't need nobody. We're good. It's just, you know, we... Yeah. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, no, man, I want to... Um, unless Chris has some more questions than in our previous time, I want to move towards now yourself and your own personal development. Yeah, yeah. Is that cool with you? Um, so to me, what I... It's so interesting, and I've always said this, but there was this Puritan saying that Mark Driscoll shared in my early 20s that just stuck with me for the rest of my life. And he always said, the same sun which melts the ice hardens the clay. Mm. And so in the book of Ecclesiastes, the sun is consistently referenced in the book. Mm. And the sun represents the difficulties and the hardships of life. Mm -hmm. And the idea of the sun is that as you, as you guys can see, when the sun shines, everyone experiences it. Mm-hmm. No matter who you are. Mm-hmm. If the sun's in the sky, everyone experiences it. No matter where you are on the planet, mm-hmm. some might get more, some might get less, but everyone gets the sun. Yep. And so the idea is that when the Puritans said the same sun which melts the ice hardens the clay, the sun represents the difficulties of life, and the, heart, and the clay and the ice represents hearts. Mm. So for some people, the difficulties of life hardens their heart. Mm. They become bitter. They become cynical. They become resentful. They become angry. And that's what the difficulties of life happens, um, does to them, and they start hating people and resenting God. Yeah. And then the opposite is the sun melts the ice. And, and instead of the difficulties of life making people bitter, it makes them better. Instead of making them, you know, unhealthy, it makes them healthier. Instead of making them um, hate people and resent God, it actually makes them love people and draw closer to God. And so what I see from your story is that the this, this sun, the difficulties of your experiences have really melted the ice. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing such a, a maturation of self and an evolution of self that has occurred from this experience. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's, like, I understand... I theoretically understand what you went through mm-hmm. from just reading books. Mm-hmm. I don't emotionally understand it, and I never will. And Lord willing, I never Lord will willing. experience Lord it. Lord willing. And, but to me, that's what I'm seeing from you. Yeah. You're literally like, the, like Romans 8.28. Mm-hmm. This terrible thing is actually being a great blessing yeah. to push you and to strengthen you to become the man that God created you to be. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's... That's literally the only reason why I'm sitting in this chair. Like, I don't want I, I, my story and what I went through and the trauma and the depression and the anxiety was all for nothing if somebody's marriage doesn't get healed or if somebody doesn't understand that there's hope at the end of it or somebody that has gone through a divorce doesn't realize that God still loves them or somebody that has caused a divorce doesn't realize that God still loves them. Like, if I don't go and continue to just say, hey, listen, it, was, it sucks, it hurts, it's painful. Yes, God can restore anything. I believe that God could re, could have restored our situation. I don't know why it didn't happen, but it's okay. 
Um, and so I truly believe that if I don't go and continue, it's, it's funny, one of my mentors, his name is Kevin Heron, and after all of this was kind of happening, this was July, I got a chance to speak um, at a camp in, in Texas, which is my ultimate favorite youth camp. And before I went up to preach, I was kind of emotional. It's probably the first time I had preached in a while since everything kind of happened and since um, just um, leaving uh, the church I was at in South Carolina and things like that. And he had to kind of walk me through all of it as, as up to this point. And he said, for the rest of your life, you're going to preach from the pain that you're in right now. So just embrace it. No matter what you do, no matter if you get married again, no matter if you have some of the amazing kids, no matter if everything is great in your life, for the rest of your life, that pain is going to be your purpose. And so I was like, all right, like, just embrace it. You know what I mean? And so for me, I don't want, I don't want anything else than the fact that people can go and say, okay, Byron went through hell, but God helped him, and now he's on top, if you want to say it like that. Or Byron went through hell, and God has healed his heart. He's healed his soul. He's healed, he's healed his body. He's healed his mind. And, and God continues to push him through all of that. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's literally the only reason why I'm even here. So, so what's next for you? Man, so we're going to go hunting? Yes, sir. We're yes, going to go hunting? Yes, uh, nah, I am... Um, Honestly, what's next is, I mean, you still take it day by day. You know what I mean? Um, I, right now, I'm, I'm in Houston, which has been great. I've been with my family, which has been amazing. Uh, and truly just kind of walking it out day by day um, and trying to figure out, I guess, kind of even where God wants to take me this next season. I was kind of telling below that, like, especially with this whole situation, I probably do have a little bit of PTSD when it comes to making big decisions now. And um, so... Um, I had a couple job, different job offers, youth pastor positions in different cities besides Houston. And uh, went to go check them out, um, pretty much all of them. And I just didn't have peace about them. And I think that old Byron would probably be like, oh, man, but that's the that's a better church. It's going to work out. Let's just do it. Let's make it happen. Which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You just want to pursue it. Go ahead. Go, go get at it. Um, but for me... I just, I did not have peace about it. I was just like, I don't know, I don't know what the heck this is. And so being at home with my family, working odd jobs right now, I've had more peace doing that than I had in months. And so I'm not really worried about what church or where, I'm not really worried about where God's going to take me, but I'm I'm ready for it, wherever that is. And so I really am just trying to follow the voice of him and uh, just follow the Holy Spirit right now. That's just what I'm doing, so... And now we're just cooling, man. It's cooling and hanging out and, and trying to trying to bring some healing, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. No, that's good. And I think um to me, I just I see um like you're in that period of becoming. I think we're all on that period of life. Mm -hmm. I think it's quite interesting when when people like when people talk about biblical heroes. Mm -hmm especially New Testament biblical heroes, I think mm -hmm. most people who have read it and understand the New Testament will go to Paul. Mm -hmm. Paul wrote a majority of the, of the New Testament, and everyone knows Paul as a guy who was like super on, super sane Christian, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. And so Paul's story, most people know it. You know, he was a Jewish person who persecuted the church, wrote to Damascus, met Jesus, became converted, in that moment, and then went on to be one of the pillars of the faith. Right. But what most people don't understand is that before the the period of time when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, before he started preaching, was a 13-year period. Mm -hmm. 
where Paul was becoming, mm -hmm. growing, mm -hmm. being challenged, yeah. failing, mm -hmm. making mistakes. And so there's like this incubation period that God kind of puts us in to really become where we want to be. Mm -hmm. Because I think the thing in this generation is everybody wants to be a superstar as a kid. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be a child star. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants it young when I'm 20 and I want to get it. I want to be old and 30, whatever the freak that idea <laughs> came from. But it's like we feel that way, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's like God has had us in a season where it's like maybe for two, three, not 10 years, I'm refining you, I'm growing you, I'm challenging you. And I feel like that's where you're in. I feel like that's kind of where we're in. And I, and I want to challenge people who are in that season to, to sit in that. Yeah. A lot of times people are like, what's next? What is your next plan? It's like sometimes the plan is to be. Yeah. To listen to the voice of God, to grow, to, you know, to, to to really be still. For sure. And know that I'm God. And so I just want to I want to just speak into your life real quick. And I just want to just let you know, man, like to have it all figured out. Yeah. You're like 25, you said? Yeah. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay to be on that process. And I'm 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 just blessed by your story. Thanks, bro. Um, I'm blessed by I'm blessed by your your growth and mm -hmm. just that what you went through and just just the positivity. Mm -hmm. Um, like you said, just be able to overcome it. Is there anything that you felt like you wanted you want to share that in closing, any message, any idea, something that maybe you've been meditating on mm -hmm. that you feel like would be impactful to people listening to this? Yeah. Um, well, before I even get to that, what you just said was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, the person that I thought about when you just talk about that like incubation season is, and I know we're going back to Old Testament, but it's Moses. I you going to go Moses. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he was, he was, in the, he was out there for 40 years feeding sheep. You know what I'm saying? And... And then God brought him out. Then he led millions out of slavery. And so I'm, I'm right there with you, bro. Thank you for that. Um, um, the Bible, in the Bible, it talks about how God is a healer, how he's a comforter, how he's a savior, how he's a provider. Um, you will never know that God's a healer until you need healing. You never know that he's a provider until you need some sort of provision. You never know he's a comforter until you're in pain and you need comforting. And <clears throat> I think that a lot of times we try to run from that and, oh, I don't want to feel the pain or I don't want to feel, um, I don't want to ever need anything in my life. But those are the moments where you can get to God the closest and when you can feel literally his arms wrapped around you with love and grace and hope. And so I don't think that, I, I think that God wants to keep us away from that. I don't think that his, his, his plan is to harm us or injure us or anything like that, but when a situation like my 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 situation happens or when we lose a loved one or when, when something bad happens in our life, when we had a bad business deal or, or something crazy happens and we go, okay, what the heck do I do? Those are the moments when he's the closest. And I, I think for anybody listening or watching or going through any hard time in their life, and um, I think for me, and I, sometimes I try not to make everything so spiritual, but it really is. We battle with flesh and blood. And we don't battle with flesh and blood. We battle with spirits. And so if you're able to understand that the Holy Spirit is whispering in your ear and that Jesus has been trying to get your attention for a while now, and if you're able to understand that, okay, if I just sit back, sit down for a little, sit, sit in your pain, sit in it, because I promise you that pain can become purpose. And through that purpose, you'll start to save your family. You'll start to save your loved ones. You'll start to save your friends at work. You'll start to save your children. You'll start to save your business. If you're able to understand that 
even through the hard times in life, even through the the muck and the and the gross things that life can kind of bring on you or even to you, that he is already working out something for your good. That Romans eight twenty eight, um, he said that he'll give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. I have no idea why working odd jobs right now, living in Houston, and honestly feels like I'm going backwards right now in my life. I have more peace now, and I've been happier now. Having had having battled with anxiety, having battled with depression in months because I've been putting him first and everything in my life. I never knew what anxiety was until this season. Had no idea. But right before everything kind of popped off in my life, I'm sitting in bed and I had a full-blown anxiety attack. I'm talking about huffing and 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 puffing and sweating and I don't I don't know what's going on. And so I get up out of my bed, I get on the couch. And uh, and we were still together at the time. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Why, you know? And I had no idea what it was. And so then, literally two or three days later, I ended up finding out what was going on, told me everything or whatever. And so then I'm like, okay, now I understand why. And so almost almost every night after that, I started having that. I went through like deep depression, gained a bunch of weight. <laughs> Man, that Chick Fil A was hitting. <laughs> it was good. Um, Chick Fil A and Hattie B's. You ever been to Hattie B's? No, no. I don't know oh my gosh, you never you know been? What that is? Oh my, it's so it's like Nashville hot chicken. It's mm. so good. And then Frenchies in Houston. You already know. You I just already know, I just, baby. You I just know. that was what every day. Yes. And um and so I just I went I went through all the process, you know. And so and then I was like, all right, I need peace. I need grace. I need love. I need hope. I need joy. Um, I need uh, a savior. I need a healer. I need a comforter. And Jesus stepped in every single one of those times when I needed that. And but it was also because I was vulnerable enough and I was open enough to allow Him to do that. And so um, that's where I, I feel like I am where I am today. That's why I can sit here and talk about it. And that's why I'm not ashamed to talk about it. Like it happened, and I hate that it happened, but it happened. It can't. You know what I mean? Can't go back from it. Can't change it. It happened. And so, yeah, that's my, that's it. Man, brother. <laughs> we go back a long way, man. Yeah. Um, and just seeing you grow, seeing you become the man you are today. Uh, definitely one of my heroes. Definitely one of my idols, man. I really appreciate you sharing. Um, I just want people to not miss this step. Mm-hmm. And don't take it for granted. Don't take it lightly. Like you put the work in. Mm-hmm. Like people, you know, there's some people that are, they are going through a lot. Mm-hmm. They are in pain. They are struggling. Um, but they just sitting there, just waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, what I see in you that you put the work in. You opened the Bible. Mm-hmm. You read. You searched. Even though you didn't know what you was looking for. Mm-hmm. You read. You searched. Mm-hmm. You talked to people. You mm-hmm. attended to church. Mm-hmm. You asked tough questions. You know. You, you put the work in. And I think a lot of people miss that step of like, man, I want to be healed. I don't want to have this pain no more. But they just think the magic is going to wake up one day and feel that way. Mm-hmm. You have to put that work in. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of people are just waiting, mm-hmm. you know. And I think people have to go out and go get Jesus yeah. and go search, you know, yeah. and go find out for themselves um, and and take actionable steps, you know, more than just listening to a podcast or to a sermon. Mm-hmm. You got to actually take those steps and open those wounds, mm-hmm. feel that pain, um, and and go through it. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that about you that I know that's like us man sitting across. You know, like we're not little kids anymore. Yeah, no, you know, yeah. Um, and it's just very very encouraging to me and reminded me that man Jesus is real. The mm-hmm. ministry is real. Mm-hmm. 
the Bible is real because mm-hmm. I can see it sitting across from me. Yeah. So I just appreciate you sharing that, sharing your story, coming on this platform. And man, I'm blessed by it, man. Pray, pray for you in closing. Let's do it. Come I on, I go, man. Chris goes. You want to close us off? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Do it. Um, dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for your grace, your forgiveness, your mercy, God. Thank you so much for saving us when we didn't deserve to be saved, loving us when we didn't deserve to be loved, and choosing us when we did not want to be chosen by you, God. I thank you so much for Byron, God. I thank you so much for his message. I thank you so much for allowing healing to take place in his life, God. I thank you so much for helping him grow and to be challenged in the most difficult ways. And God, sometimes I don't understand how you work. (laughs) And sometimes you frustrate me. Um, but I know there become a day where I get to ask you all my billion and one questions, and one by one you'll be able to show us, like Romans 8, 28 is real. Like every single thing, every single decision, every single turn, and every single pivot was one big maze that was guiding us closer to you, God. So thank you so much. Continue to restore our hearts. Do not let what the situation grow bitterness towards anybody. Let us continue to be open to love others, love you, and to love ourselves. In your name we pray. Lord, Father, we just want to adore you, Lord, that you are loving, you are kind, you are caring, you are grace, and you are just, you are a loving, loving Father, Lord, and Father, I just confess that sometimes we don't believe that, sometimes we don't act that way, sometimes we take you for granted, and sometimes we just come to you when we need you, Lord, and Father, I just thank you for the gift of grace, the gift of forgiveness and dying on the cross for our sins, Lord. Father, you came down from a God to human to walk on this earth, to live a perfect life, to be the example of this world, and you died for us, Lord, and to redeem us and to be the right standing with God, Father. And, and Father, we just pray that we make the decision to follow you, to go after you, and to be the best example of a man, a father, a husband, brother, friend, all those things, Lord to make sure we are the light of this world. And when they see us, they see you. And we are the window of heaven, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. First off, God, we just want to give you thanks and um, want to give you glory. Um, right now, Father, anybody that has listened, watched, um, are sitting at home, sitting at work, um, I pray that you come and you just touch their hearts. I pray that they know that you love them, that you care for them. I pray that they will know that you are a God of grace and a God of love and hope. I pray that you give hope to the places where it seems hopeless. I pray that you give love to the people that feel like they have lost love. I pray that you continue to come in and change and do a work like only you can. We give you the glory because only you are worthy of it. And we thank you for continually to lead us and guide us in our life. God, we're sorry for not putting you first every day. We're sorry for not making you the standard Jesus was the standard that you gave us, how to love people, how to treat people. So we give grace and we say that it's okay. Let's get up. Let's keep moving forward. And so, God, we just want to thank you for that. In any situation that is that is dead or dormant, I pray that you bring it to life like Lazarus. I pray that you are able to breathe, breathe life into situations where it feels like there is none. I pray that you go and you bless people as we continue to try to be a blessing to you, Father. And we thank you and we love you. And we continue to love God and love people. 
And we hope that by this, we're able to change the world. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Real quick, Byron, where they can find you? They oh, want to yeah. reach out to you, talk to you, ask some questions. Oh, I'm not. Are you guys on Twitter? I don't really be on Twitter like that, but uh, no, I just we went there. But yeah. yeah. Okay. So really, just Instagram. Yeah. Uh, my last name R R I D E A U double X. Um, but my name is Byron Rito, and thank you, roommate, so much for uh, coming out there. But yeah, that's my R I D E A U double X. Right Check them out, guys. Be sure to support them. Um, my name is Hafiz. This is the show, baby. And we're joined by Byron Rito. And we got the roommates, guys. Please be sure to reach out to Byron on Instagram. Send me the show from love, guys. Now.